0: Hey guys, welcome back to another Weird Wednesday. I'm Ashers and this is. Hello. And also.
1: Mike Vanderbilt.
0: <laughs> well, hello, Mike. We talk about you a lot on the show, but you wouldn't know because you don't listen to it. So.
1: <laughs> I'm, too I'm too busy. I'm too busy recording too many podcasts to listen to anybody else's. It's, well, it's terrible, too. Like, because you really should be listening to everything else that's going on out
2: there, but I, I, <laughs> I just don't. No, yeah, lots same. of musicians don't listen to popular music. It's perfectly normal.
0: Yeah, I don't listen to people's podcasts. Fuck that. You're, you're, everybody else's podcast sucks. Mine's the best. I don't have time to listen to them. I get it. Um, I don't like
1: listening to my. I certainly don't like listening to my own podcast. I do have to listen to the three that I edit at least a little bit when I'm <laughs> when I'm uh, cutting it together. I don't do a. Lot. I don't do. I don't do not do i have never been a big fan of intensive editing. It's been more lay at the tape, throwing a couple bumpers and. The only real editing I'll do is when I sound stupid. I'm not gonna let, I'm not gonna let that go out there unchecked. <laughs> sure, and I, what are I the,
0: understand.
2: What are those three podcasts so our listeners can comb through them, trying to find opportunities of you sounding stupid?
1: Well, I edit. Uh, I work. I co-hosted a Cheap Tracks podcast, which is a history of Cheap Tricks, song by song. Centerfold, revealing culture through Playboy magazine, which comes out monthly, and uh, Windy City Double Feature Picture Show, which on that one we explore the history of the movie house from through uh through a very chicago point of view we uh pick a double feature that played around chicagoland and then re- we visit the theater we give a little history on the theater what else was playing around town what was going on in the news so it's a it's truly infotainment
2: i would and say you do the do you do the instagram account for the uh like the porn ads from chicago that is that's a that's the worst
1: kept secret in chicago right now that there i just is, assumed that was you <laughs>
2: That when that is following
1: it. that that is me behind X-rated Chicagoland because Adam, my co-host on Windy City Double Feature, he runs an account that actually it had inspired mine and kind of it inspired our podcast as well called Windy City Ballyhoo where he posts all sorts of ads from Chicago uh, and I kind of took inspiration started doing the X-rated Chicagoland thing. But what I do with mine is I only do it on Friday, yes. and this year I'm doing it in Fridays of 1977 because. Uh, the same date landed on a Friday back in 77. So these are the movies mm-hmm. that were playing way back then. And it keeps me on point instead of just posting every day. Like that day, I just collect everything that was in the off of newspapers.com, which is an invaluable resource for everything. That and then, uh,
0: is, Yeah, that is a good resource.
1: And then my big podcast is Halloweenies. Cause that's the one I actually get paid to do, which is we, every year we do a horror franchise from beginning and front to back. And this year, we are in the middle of the Evil Dead franchise, which has been easier than you would think to stretch to 12 months, considering that there's really only three official movies in that.
0: But are you going to talk about the show? Or maybe have you talked about it?
1: That will be an episode. They're still figuring out how we want to arrange that. We did Drag Me to Hell, which kind of sits on the edge of that universe. We'll be doing the remake. Uh, There'll be an episode on the video games, which I will probably sit out because I stopped around the GameCube. that was the last time i uh, was playing video games with any regularity and uh, you know the new games look cool like the new evil dead game looks awesome but i just know that i would get frustrated very it's, easily yes
2: it's fucking hard and i'm an actual gamer that plays a lot and uh, they i don't know if you ever played the friday the 13th game that one looked great
1: too but that again one... it was the same thing where i'm like i'm never gonna be able to figure this out there's too many buttons like could i tried that star wars battlefront and it was too much for me. And Then I heard Friday, somebody tell me that wasn't that good of
2: a game anyway. Friday the Thirteenth was was pretty good. I did get the hang of it. I played it online um, a decent amount with strangers, which is part of it, which is kind of eh. And then John me and John McLaughlin would get on and play together and shit. Like we had a we had a pretty good time with that one. The Evil Dead one, I don't know, you know. Unfortunately, with the way games come out nowadays, is they have they they anticipate multiple patches and upgrades. Like, it's not being done developed when it's released to the public. So sometimes you'll get a game on day one, and it's kind of fucked up and weird and, and unbalanced, and then you just got to give it six months, and they'll do a couple patches, and they'll smooth it out, and it'll be a better experience. So that's kind of when I finally got around to playing Friday the 13th. It had been out for a while, and it had a lot of the edges smoothed over. And I got the Evil Dead game on day one and just absolutely hated it. Where it was, I mean, as much as I love the, the property a hell of a lot more than Friday the 13th, and the gameplay is, it's pretty much the same. It's the same deal.
1: Right. Um,
2: it just It's wasn't. that
1: open universe kind of thing that Red Dead Redemption had, which I played a handful of times and it was pretty cool. I like the concept of it more than I actually like playing the game, I think.
2: Yeah. Well, I
1: don't like. I, I don't need another time waster. As I said, uh, right. pod, podcasting wastes enough of my time.
0: <laughs> I understand. Well, speaking of, um, you know, guys talking about video games on podcasts. Um, <laughs> Pat, Pat o, um, how was your weekend? Uh,
2: it was pretty good. I uh I went to go see New Kids on the Block on Friday. Wow! And, Are they yes. all still in the
1: band and alive?
2: Right. Yes, all five of them. It was New Kids on the Block, Rick Astley, Salt and Pepper, and En Vogue. Now, En Vogue right. is down wow. a few members. Yeah, En Vogue is well, down Vogue a few members. En Vogue was three
1: or five.
2: Think there was first... five of them. Yeah, and I there's liked three. En Vogue. Yeah, there's are sexy. There's three in the music videos, but on stage there was only two of them. Salt and pepper are both uh, represented, but there's no Cinderella.
1: That's my that was my next question. You read my mind.
2: Yeah, and what's interesting about the way the, the concert was structured, and Naughty by Nature opened doing a DJ set, which was really fun. But the way it was structured was uh, New Kids on the Black came out and played. It was it was set up like a mixtape, so it was like New Kids on the Black came out, played five songs. Uh, Vogue came out, did two songs. New Kids on the Block did three songs. Rick Astley came out and did two songs. So they kept like switching back and forth. Oh, and wow! Then... It truly, it truly like seeing an iPod live, like yeah, somebody's it, playlist. It it was pretty good, and it was uh, I took both my kids, and uh, I had taken. Now wait a minute, not kids.
1: Do they care about? Do they know New Kids on the Block? Do they care? Do they know who In Sync is?
2: No. So my but they had a lot of fun my I I will say this um you know my daughter for example she's like an 11 year old girl so her mom takes her to concerts but her mom takes her to see like fucking (laughs) Wilco which which like don't get me wrong (laughs) Jeff Tweedy Jeff Tweedy is a much better songwriter than Donnie Wahlberg like hands down but when you think about like an 11 year old girl and just like energy wise they're gonna have more fun at the fucking new kids on the block concert. Well, there's because, lights
1: and there's colors and right and they're and they're enjoyable. very at
2: this point they've been doing this shit for thirty five years, so they're like well crafted stage men like they know what the fuck they're doing. And it was uh, the last concert I went to was seeing Kiss in October, and um I don't want to compare Joey McIntyre to fucking Paul Stanley, but I mean there like I said you've been doing it that long you know what the fuck you're doing. There's a
1: formula, there's a cadence that you hit. Yeah, it, is it was truly th- like going to work.
2: Yes, and it was these these dudes were professionals. It was a very good time. It was long. I don't need it. It was like two and a half hours long.
1: I'm just imagining all the logistics of getting all of them on and off the stage. Uh, how was Rick Astley? Because he could actually, I mean, the new kids end up they they could all sing, but like
2: Rick Astley was a really good squandered. singer. Squandered. He was squandered. I he did something uh you know he was doing acoustic shows on youtube during the pandemic and he did a, a version of Everlong, which is like amazing and um i rem- when i heard rick asked was point i was like man like that's really you know he, no he came out and he did actually fucking he did together forever and he did what's the rickroll song um I'm never gonna give you up he did that twice like Oh he, man, he, he did that during the set and then at the end of the concert after they did their because the, the so he rick, all, he rick, he rick rolled. Yes, yes, he came back the out and, and he did it again. Yes, you know, that and, reminds
1: me that was uh, Europe, the band who did the final countdown, infamously used to open their concerts with the final countdown and close their concerts with the
2: final countdown. <laughs> wow, give the people what they want. I mean, that's all you got in the <laughs> that's, all that's, you got that's, that's back, the repertoire
1: got... right there. I look, I I like a lot of uh, 80s uh, hair metal and it sits on the edge. And I can't name one. I can't name like the second. I'm usually pretty good at being able to name the second single from some of those, you know, one hit wonder bands. But I I cannot, for the life of me, cannot think of the
2: one, the other one from Europe. Yeah. So, no, it was a good time, though. It was a, I was glad I went. Uh, I hadn't been to a concert in a while. It was very, you know, it was, uh, it was good energy. It was like a lot of, Felt good to be out, and
1: um, would you say that the, the all the bands had showed a lot of energy up there? Looked like they were having fun.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I, I posted a picture on uh, Instagram of the men's room at the concert, which was completely empty. I think me and Connor were one of only seven dudes in the whole entire uh, Rosemont Horizon that night. So, uh, bunch, no, of big, uh, bunch of big sweaty girls. <laughs>
1: I Pat, I remember. I remember. Um, do you remember the old New Kids on a Block commercial? where uh, and I think it caught some fire because it was like very crass marketing advertising where it was a bunch of girls and it would say, I'm the biggest new kids on the block fan because I have all the dolls I'm the biggest new kids on the block fan because I have the phone do you remember this one do you remember this at all no Well, I only remember mostly because like you guys both kind of sit on the edge of the horror Twitter world and yeah. whenever people are talking about all the physical media that they've bought or all the Mondo prints that they have it just feels like that New Kids on the Block commercial to me where everybody is just measuring their fandom by how much junk they have in their house
2: yeah yeah they're not they're not quite the merchandising kings that kisses yet but uh I think they're New Kids was good though I mean they were big they, they
1: had their dolls they had everything. Everything was branded "New Kids on the Block." Right. I think people forget how late "New Kids on the Block" is in the '80s too, because I think a lot of people associate it with the '80s, but it was really like what that that weird period between '88 and '92, like and 87, just before
2: just before grunge, right? '87 was the first single, yeah, and um, they put they had like they had three good albums. They had the Christmas album, and then when the '90s hit, oh, they I tried, tried to.
1: Hold on nkotb i believe is what they rebranded themselves as not right? yet
2: no, no no that's their new one. i don't i don't know if they did that one. By oh, the way yes they.
1: I, I, I remember because that was like when mc hammer dropped the hammer it was or MC. dropped the mc rather he was just hammer
2: hammer yeah they that's did, when he they, did the
1: song about how big his dick was
2: they did <laughs> they did the older like rap album dirty dogs and then then they went silent for a while and donnie was in uh uh, payback or what or, or uh ransom or whatever the fuck and
1: jordan that. knight did a solo record where he did a very soulful cover of i could never take the place of Your man by so Prince.
2: he he does what's really interesting is that he does a uh his like part of the show is when he has them all put on suits and stuff and they do like the temptations like or like yeah like delphonic's fucking thing Right, where they all so they, like because they
1: used to cover. That was a big cover for them. Didn't I blow? Didn't I blow your mind? Yes, right.
2: Yes, and he does that, and that was really cool too. Because that was like everyone's got their little space to play in, and that's definitely his.
1: Who's uh, the boss? I, Could you tell who the boss is on stage, or are so they all about equally washed up?
2: It's no, 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 no. Don know, Wahlberg I mean... is definitely the HNIC, and then Jordan McKnight, and then my my personal favorite is Joey McIntyre, um, but. And then the other two guys. One of them, Jordan's brother, has like we've been spending way too much time talking about the fucking nukes on block. Jordan's brother has like a home, like a barn renovation show on uh, Discovery Channel or some shit. And the ugly dude with the monkey face that everyone always makes fun of, Babbamui, Danny. Danny. Oh. No, you know how like the weird looking one. You know, he's he doesn't do shit. He just looks like he lifts weights all day in a prison yard, and that's it. He gets up on he shuffles on Yes. The ugly one. But those three are like the three like heavy hitters is is Donnie. He's like kind of the rapper, the bad boy, Donnie Wahlberg. And then Jordan's the talent, and he's kind of like the fact that leader, of the the Leonardo of the group. And then uh Joey is the younger one who's now like a sex addict. And like he's always dry humping the shit. He does he did this on Cover Girl and like not a does, cheap Trick cover. No, unfortunately not. And he does this thing where he sings every line. Like, the first verse, he sings every stanza to, like, one specific woman in the crowd. And you can hear her, like, vulva just exploding. And, like, it's so fucking commanding when he does it. And everyone's screaming. And it's like... when When
1: the vulva explodes, what does it sound like? I imagine it's something like... Thank you for
2: having me.
0: I think Pat died. Like he killed him. <laughs> yeah, killed him.
2: Motherfucker, put that fucking thing away. I have 2 of them. Save the other one. Don't blow your load. <laughs> Ash just talking about something else.
0: How okay, well.
2: How was Joe Bob night? Let's go let's do our weekends by Friday night. What was Joe Bob this week?
1: I, I missed it. It was uh but it was Stepfather, which I had rightfully guessed. Yeah. Stepfather. And then mm-hmm.
0: um Oh my god. I can't okay. remember the name
1: of the second one, but it was something I was not familiar with.
0: Jesus. I can't remember the second one either.
1: Which most of the time, even yeah. when it's not a movie that I've I've seen, is something that I've heard of.
0: I was already drunk by the time usually I am by the time the second movie starts. Um fuck, I can't remember what it was.
1: Idol Maker, Monster Maker, something with Donald oh, Pleasant. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 freak Maker, I think the Freak Maker. It had um Donald Pleasance in it. It was actually really good. It was about like uh you know these sideshow acts and oh and Donald Pleasance making like half human half plant people. It was really cool.
1: I want to watch this one because I knew it by its alternate title, The Mutations. Yes, yeah, I've seen the trailer for The Mutations. Okay,
0: and it was good. I yeah I recommend it. It was a good one. Um, you know, it was uh eh, you know it was all right. I like uh Freaks is one of my favorite movies ever um you know I I like that shit and so this was probably one of the last um you know it's kind of like how you can't do um you know any type of like the uh oh my gosh any type of like the cannibal movies nowadays you know you really can't do like a freaks movie now nowadays either and this was kind of like what Eli Roth's The Green Inferno is, but back in the '70s or '80s, um, for freaks, because you couldn't really make that stuff anymore at that point,
1: you know. Well, I always say, like the Green. I always like. I do like to As somebody, I don't like cannibal movies as far as subgenres go, as exploitation, mostly because I think they're dull. It's not has nothing sure. to do with animal cruelty or anything like that. Right. But <laughs> I mean, that's just hey, that's that's what it's like in the jungle, baby. You're gonna die. Right. <laughs> Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, I think what uh, I think what Eli Roth did with the Green Inferno film, I really enjoy, is that he kind of made good on the promise of the box art of the poster art of so many cannibal movies and made like you don't have to watch all the cannibal movies if you're going to watch one. This is the one that you can watch.
0: Well, and that's basically how it goes, right? You don't need to watch all of them, just pick one and watch it. Um, no, it was good. I mean, Green Inferno, I, a lot of people hate it because he exploited those people and whatever. Well you know a lot of people don't know Eli Roth went to this tribe and asked them if they want to participate showed them Cannibal Holocaust as an example and they thought it was a comedy they loved the idea they loved it um so they they happily participated um and you know when you're working with a, a a tribe of people on a film set usually you take care of them very well actually and they did so you know I don't know people bitch but yeah that's what the freak maker was like I mean it, it you can't get away with making that kind of cinema anymore um so it's always fun to kind of see these little time capsules and um you know, it's it's of course Joe Bob is always very interesting with all of his education on you know the time period and the you know quote unquote freaks in general. You know, and yeah, kind you of know, how I they don't like... have jobs anymore because they're not allowed to exploit themselves. So I, <laughs>
1: I feel like uh, Joe Bob has been allowed by Shutter to take more chances this year because I always get the idea that he's kind of frustrated when he has to show a Shutter original, which yeah, let's face it, most of them have not been great yeah and I, I think that they're giving i, I mean he, i'm sure it was in the contract negotiation he got to show stuff that he wanted to show last week being a perfect example with uh, one of pat's favorites the baby and yeah butcher baker nightmare maker which is also very good
0: i said i didn't watch last week's episode so i didn't get to see it we're gonna do a uh after this season ends every friday night at my house is like joe bob rewatch from from episode one to now um so
2: we have a Yeah, we were more. in we were in Virginia when they did the baby. That's yeah. you're absolutely right. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's <laughs> it's uh it's great for an autofocus party.
0: He's, he's shown some good ones. This I mean this episode was was good. I love you know, we all enjoyed both movies. Um so that was that was great. Um but that, you know, that was Joe Bob Knight. People came out, um, you know, I hung out with them and and then Saturday I watched um I watched uh, Scariest Monsters in, in America or whatever the fuck it's called. I don't know. It's just some documentary about cryptids, but it's not really about cryptids because, like, half the fucking monsters aren't even cryptids. It's, like, the Black-Eyed Children and LeLarona and it's, like, those are fucking ghosts, you guys. That's not the same thing. And and Moth Man,
1: Mothman was true. spotted in Blue Island a handful of times where the Rock Island Public House is. Get out of here. I never heard that. Yeah, like, they're, they're about somewhere. Well, so, they're we had this idea we came up with this stupid joke that nobody listening to this podcast will get but there's this guy uh warren who uh usually needs a ride home and we pictured him asking mothman
2: to drop him off at the house <laughs> <laughs> there's a, a guy that we have on um pretty regularly tobias whalen he wrote a book about the lake michigan mothman sightings and he has like a catalog of a lot of them in there doesn't mention blue island but he does mention uh he was the it was spotted over by the all sip coca-cola bottling uh plant yes. on like 121st and cicero so uh, a little regional uh stuff
0: there's also like, your Chicago co-host Central. who happens to be like the mothman expert but you know i don't know anything about her um <laughs> no it's Mothman's a, a moth her <laughs> yeah uh, moth ma'am actually how about
2: that <laughs> learn something new every day
0: but anyway, no, it's, uh, you know, it, it's it's always, you know, I watch these things because my friends are in them, right? And so I'm like, oh, my friends, just my friends, and I'm always excited. But then, like, I watch them, and I'm like, oh, this is terrible. This is just bad filmmaking. It's just bad. Okay, you know what? Let me not shit all over <laughs> this. <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> this documentary. So,
1: hey, no, you know what? But I'll get in on that, too, because I was talking shit on the recent Patreon episode of Halloweenies about uh, Poltergeist. Because the subject of cursed films that's on Twitter yeah. as well came up, and uh, I have a I, this is this is this is one of my strong beliefs. I will not watch a horror document, a horror movie documentary that none of the Halloweenies have been asked to participate in. That's, that's just good, that's didn't my say. stance. <laughs> I ain't saying we have to be in it. We have, we just look, we had to have been invited to the party. And honestly, with horror documentaries, I'm sure this may go for you guys as well too. In the same way, you're talking about Ash with uh, the.
0: Cryptid documentaries or whatever yeah
1: is that it's not for you you know this stuff Yeah, that's for beginners who are just getting into that that's now true. something like that carol uh folklore documentary i might watch that one day because i don't know a lot about folklore that's true but
0: that's a yeah, good anything
1: about slasher movies yeah you know what if, if if i'm not a talking head on there you can get you can lose me with that
0: well and that's <laughs> kind of what i was gonna say about it is that you know what as much as like i can't uh, i can't check off on it um you know I, I get why people like it everybody's talking about it. everybody likes it and, and I get why everybody likes it you know it was, it was a fun countdown of the uh, supposedly scariest monsters in America and I was disappointed with a lot of the descriptions and I was disappointed with a lot of the hokey super spoopy time b-roll and bullshit in between and you know gosh one of the images i've seen all over the internet since like 2002 and it's like it just i mean everybody will know when they see it but <laughs> it was yeah you know it was, it was okay my friends did a great job though so good for them for doing a good job and if anything else you should watch it just to see how bad it is but to also see how good my friend did on it so check it out
2: <laughs> and where is that on tubi
0: that's on Tubi, yeah. It's a it's a Tubi exclusive, which I had no idea that they did those.
2: Tubi's uh, up and coming.
1: It's Tubi's moving the up best, the world. Tubi's the best streaming service. I love there. Tubi. If if, if Shutter is a, if Shutter is blockbuster, Tubi is popcorn video. Pat. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, re- I, I, regional humor for everybody in the Chicagoland area.
2: All of the uh, all of the Red Shoe Diaries are on there. Well, they were at least. I was watching them for a while.
0: Yeah, but. Tubi's great. I you know all of my well, I really like very raunchy, you know, and exploitative horror. And usually Tubi is the place to go for that. And uh, this, wow, this is not a sponsor, but fuck, maybe it should be. Um, <laughs> I, don't, but I don't think they, they would pay us. is good. Uh, good.
1: I also recommend
2: Midnight Pulp.
0: Yeah, Midnight Pulp's a good one. It yeah. has a lot of good junk on it. I watched both fresh. of those
2: while wearing my MeUndies on uh... <laughs> Meundi, uh, yes. Mac
1: Mac Weldon. Mac Weldon for when you need active wear for being active
0: well wow. so that was my weekend um it was, it was okay um i guess i'll jump into some news right want to hear some news some well news i want news? to say that
2: uh my sunday i i went to uh, rock oh, island right. public house to watch Plan nine from outer space curated by mr mike vanderbilt himself and had a wonderful time and i would invite all of our listeners to check uh, rock island public house's social media to find out their screening schedule and uh yeah, taking a uh... film there sometime
1: yeah, we have a drive-in that we built out in our parking lot to help alleviate the pressure of COVID when we couldn't be open indoors. And it's done really well. And it, of course, you know, it the, the audiences have dwindled because you can sit inside a bar now. But we did have another uh, couple of young ladies here who were, one was in town from Oklahoma and she was so excited because Plan 9 from Outer Space is her favorite movie of all time. Wow. Which well, time. proves, absolutely proves the old adage that everybody's movie is somebody's favorite movie. That's true. (laughs) The the only other time I remember this happening where I kind of like, really, was when we uh, did a tribute weekend to the late Mike McPadden and we showed the 1981 slasher spoof student bodies. And a woman had her whole family, kids and everything, in the minivan. And thank you for showing this. This is my favorite movie ever made. Wow. (laughs) I understand Plan 9 probably a little bit more. Than student bodies.
2: What do you have? Uh, what do you have coming up? I'm pissed I missed heavy metal. You did heavy metal way too early in the season.
1: I had year. to open up the season with it. something big. We had six people for that one too. It was very exciting. Uh, ne- uh, so this, uh next weekend we're gonna we're going back to 1982 with uh, the House on Sorority Row, one of my personal oh, yeah. favorite gems of the 80s, featuring four out of five doctors, or is they called? It's the band who's in the movie. Uh, there's a riff tracks joke about they called them cheaper trick. And then uh, we're doing creep show, and then Fourth of July weekend we show Jaws and Independence Day, and the following weekend is our Goth exploitation weekend curated by Rafael Martinez, my Facets trivia co-host, and he's doing Bram Stoker's Dracula on Saturday, Adams Family on Sunday for the family, and he's going to be DJing Saturday night, all your favorite Goth hits, and we're going to have Goth tamales, and <laughs> yes, it's happening, and uh, I'm working on a Gotharita for the night so it's going to be a lot of fun that weekend's going to be a lot of fun Wow!
2: so one more thing i want to talk about before we got we get to the news because this was a decent part of my weekend as well and i know that mike can jump in on this so mike i know you're not uh, a listener of the show but last episode we talked about how we had gone ashes and i had road trip together to virginia the previous weekend and on the way back i discovered that she was a juggalo Uh, in the past she was an icp fan thank you and she began to explain to me the mythology is that like
1: like trekkers and trekkies like back in the day trek well back in the day star trek fans like we're talking in the 70s didn't like being referred to as trekkies because they thought it was uh, derisive so they went we are trekkers no, it's that was even a close.
0: Thing. i was like between the ages of 10 and 12 and i thought i was edgy as fuck listening to icp that's what it was <laughs> well and now now that this has been mentioned I, i'll say this real quick now that this has been mentioned on the show i have fucking got uh, l- listen i understand that juggalo is listening to the show or whatever and that's cool you guys but like listen i got a problem with 30 and 40 year old men that dress up in clown we'll, makeup whoop we'll, whoop to you all day. to all our juggalo
2: listeners <laughs> <Appreciate you guys. laughs> well Hold on. So so we were talking about it and she was explaining to me the mythos of the Dark Carnival, which like I was, you know, yeah. fascinated me. So she she went and she made me a playlist of 71 must listen to ICP tracks. And I'm about a third of the way through it. And I have to say uh, it's 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 pretty fucking good. That's I've, good been meaning,
1: I've been meaning to listen to them for years just because if only because I love the commentary track to big money rustlers the well, prequel to big money hustlers that's which, what i wanted yes, to bring up cause... one of my favorite jokes it's just you know the two guys what are it was shaggy who dope and violent jay and he says one of them says he goes
2: i didn't know you knew how to drive
1: a
0: horse which is <laughs> very becoming of them yes um... i was
2: i was hoping to bust out big money rustlers this weekend and in, in preparation for tonight's Ooh, show but we never might got have on to, it i well, might got... have to
1: i might
0: have to program that as,
2: oh i could do juggling oh. weekend
0: you gotta watch Big Money Hustlers first, and that's then- the whole
2: weekend. You do, you do, do one wrestlers. on Friday, you do one on Saturday, yeah. and then what oh do no, you we do only on s- do we only do two nights now, so it's just two.
1: You do Saturday, you do Big Money uh, Hustlers featuring, you know, that's part of the Dolomites. Dolomite, Dolomite yeah, Super. and the
2: Misfits are in that,
1: yeah, and then uh, you do uh, Rustlers on Sunday. Yeah, I think I think I figured out my August.
2: Okay, damn.
1: So Pat
0: was learning about the Juggalo lore, and right. Uh, It's been very interesting but that's how this conversation started and I think that like that wasn't a point that was made was like I'm in the car with Pat O and I'm being bombarded with 50 million friend requests from Juggalos again and I'm and I was like Pat what's the deal with juggalos and he's like what are you talking about we don't really have juggalos or whatever and i was like and so that's how we kind of got onto that conversation was because like like i'm not a big fan of fandoms i guess is my issue and juggalos are basically just like any other fandom they are like like uh trekkies and, and trekkers or whatever they're like any other fandom they dress up and parade around and pretend to be a part of like this big thing that doesn't really exist and it's weird, I think. But we'll then play... it become
1: then it exists. That's the thing. If it, it's truly faking it till you make it. You start this thing
2: and now it's something. Juggalos are, <laughs> juggalos are real. Hold on, hold on. So, so this actually ties into tonight's topic um, because... Uh, the reason we have a mic on is because one of his previous uh non-film twitter jobs but you also used to work at camelot music indeed so one of the the kind of crux of our our previous conversation about icp was that i don't remember i was like well we like no one was really into them around here growing up i didn't know juggalos they might have existed but like i don't remember i don't
1: think they were true juggalos though but they were very popular did you sell ML. other cds
2: because that was like uh, no, i well
1: most of them were stolen but we did stock yeah <laughs> we did stock a lot of the great malenko and yeah. the people who did buy him it was truly it, it was very interesting because it was i think there's a i think there's a misconception that it's uh strictly a white like, you know flatland hillbilly uh fan sure. base but it really takes all types it does. to form the juggalo army um <laughs> But my fav- i do have a—I do have a favorite juggle. I didn't—I did not sell as much of it. At Borders. I sold mo- much more Putumayo collections of world music to to old wannabe hipsters from Beverly. But my one of my favorite juggle stories was so I worked at Camelot Music, let's say nineteen ninety six, nineteen ninety seven. So sometime around 2006, 2007, I got a job at, I was waiting tables, ten and bar at chilies, but I wanted, a, I got a job. I wanted a second gig. So I got a job at Hot Topic at Orland Park Mall. And I thought that it would kind of like bring me back to my glory days, make me feel young again. And all it really did was make me feel old again. But, you know, it, we're, I'm working one day and this kid comes in and it was just, it was worth noting. He starts talking to me about ICP. And I'm like uh, Katie, Katie Rife uh, of the, formerly of the AV club club. Always when we used to go to those film festivals, used to call me the Pied Piper of weirdos. And I think it's just because I'll I'll listen, I'll listen to anybody, and I'm always kind of fascinated with it. But he had the Hatchet Man necklace on and the the Jinko Jeans, and he was very afraid that uh, Hot Topic was changing styles and that they were going to go prep. It was 2006, and he still was using the term prep. Prep, yeah, and. I just remembered, I remember remarking like, in 10 years, the, the juggalo at the mall looks exactly the same, even though he was 10 years younger than the previous generation of juggalos yeah. that I would see at uh, Chicago Ridge Mall.
0: Yep. Well, That's what it I, is. They
1: out don't in know. Orleans.
2: So they, their tentacles uh, infiltrate all the different fucking uh, fests. Pat, I don't have
1: ground zero for where the juggalo movement started in the Chicagoland area, but I'm
2: putting my finger
1: on Alcep. That's... <laughs>
2: exactly what i would have done too
1: yeah Yeah, he looked looked like what if a menthol cigarette learned how to get up and walk
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) right i mean you know good for you guys for being a part of something you know i'll give you that much and i get it and icp was genius we kind of talked about this they were fucking genius in the way they marketed this whole family and and you know they made tons of money off you guys kind of i guess it sounds like not really um, but you know, I, I just you no. It all, seen, it, all it, it all got stolen. It was all stolen out of yeah. Chicago Ridge Mall. It's like who the fuck is still a juggalo now in 2022, and they they still exist. um You know, and that's kind of weird and well, strange. It's it is because
2: like, the music itself is very unhinged. Like it's not like I I get. So it's very tongue in cheek. The same way that like if you ever actually listen to NWA, which is you know white suburban parents labeled like the most dangerous. Rap right. group in America, but you listen to their lyrics and it's like it's very. It,
0: they it were being like funny.
2: Weird Al shit, yeah. It's very, very funny. It's very tongue in cheek. It's not really menacing or threatening. And if you listen to like ICP, it's it's got this weird horror vibe to it, which I was not expecting at all. And then it's but it's very tongue in cheek and goofy and. Kind of funny, and I don't know how you would necessarily. They're clowns,
0: it's supposed to be funny, (laughs) but I thought
1: that was the transgressive part was that it wouldn't be funny because they are clowns. Yeah, I don't don't know. know. But to to the question about who is a jugglo in 2022 America, uh, Pat and I grew up in a neighborhood in Chicago on the south side of Chicago called Beverly, and a lot of the kids in Beverly would just turn to the Grateful Dead, they became you know, these kind of like, that's not, it's like they're inspired influenced by hippie culture of the sixties and seventies, which looking back on it, growing up in the eighties and nineties, you say to yourself, well, they learned it from their parents. They learned it from watching you, but there are people 20 years younger than me now who still hang out at heart saloon. And they're all doing the same hippie jam band, covering the same tunes, covering Casey Jones, covering like one. They, they all heard what, uh, uh, no use me by Bill Withers and think like, they're they know everything about bill withers now but it's that same culture 20 years later so i don't know where that i guess to your question i don't know where they're getting it from and why they would still be drawn to that <laughs> right. because that just feels like uh to use a you know internet phrase boomer shit right
0: it does i agree when well, they've been around since the 90s i mean they've had a pretty good long run especially i mean they got some loyal ass fans for you guys to still be you know rocking your hatchet men in 2022 that's brave well you mike that. are
2: you- Are you familiar with the Dark Carnival mythos and the big reveal at the end?
1: (laughs) No, I'm not. I'm not that engrossed. Uh, I'm jungle adjacent
2: I suppose. I'm I'm paraphrasing what Asher's related to me and what I'm discovering through pouring through this playlist. But they basically, over the course of several albums and about, I don't know, 10, 15 years, built up this mythos of the Dark Carnival. And it's something that they referred to and talked about. And Dark Carnival is something that's coming, and y'all better watch out when the Dark Carnival (laughs) comes to town. And it kind of parlayed into like their horror themes about the stuff they would do and, and these different characters that they created. And, uh, and when they finally um, released, like it, every other album they would release would be called Joker's card. And they did six of them and they would release the final one. That was when the big unveiling was going to happen about what the dark carnival is. Mm -hmm. And when they get to the last song on the last album, and they uh are and they finally reveal the dark carnival asher's what do they reveal the dark carnival to be
0: um it's god it's heaven it's christianity the christians
1: <laughs> Wait, is that, it, is. is that when they came out and did the magnets thing no, no that, was,
2: that was that was like no. 10 years later but yeah okay yeah so that that was
0: the... yeah it's god it's all god and you're all christians now because you believe in us and we oh, believe in that's god awesome
1: and... that but that's like that's their sense of humor like do the I, slide whistle I, I... <laughs> do the slide whistle <laughs>
0: The long con.
1: That's why, and that's, okay, so, and this goes back to a lot of the stuff we do uh, with the Halloweenies on social media and everything. I love when you can't tell if something's a bit, thereby making it the best bit in the world. When I can't tell if somebody's being serious or not, when I can't tell if they're the smartest person in the room or the dumbest. And I think that kind of encapsulates not only... ICP, but conspiracy theories.
0: Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, speaking of which, um, we haven't even I'm not even done with the intro yet.
2: We can get to the news.
0: Let, let me chug it along here. Okay. So um first and foremost, let me let me plug away. I got a, i got a few things to plug away. Um this Friday night, June twenty-fourth, I will be in Williamsburg, Ohio at the at Terror Town. Um MCing the um oh my gosh, I don't even know what it's called. The Mother Earth masquerade i guess magical masquerade it's cryptid themes it's a it's a cryptid themed masquerade ball that they're having with all kinds of fun things so i'll be there um dressed as the Mothman, of course um so don't miss that her the moth her ma'am and the moth yes the the official moth ma'am will be there um and then and also will be there but you guys don't know who that is so um, <laughs> then, um also i did a couple of shows this week um i guest starred over on the bloody bits horror show their um patreon episode we uh picked apart and made fun of a one of those terrible haunting shows and it was terrible um so go find out um how a family of three was actually haunted by meth or at least that's the conclusion we came up it's <laughs> um, <laughs> basically what it is it's good stuff i promise worth the worth the subscription do it for the month listen to their stuff and then leave if you want to i guess i mean i don't know um also i did the weird part with vincent treewell um if you guys couldn't get enough of our men in black episode over here on wednesdays we talk weird go listen to that because we talk more men in black um vincent's great he's he's kind of an up-and-coming um podcast but his show is really good i've been there twice now um but this one was more pointed um and then of course i went back on which it might not be out yet um by the time you guys hear this but it might infinite rabbit hole you guys know i recorded over eight hours of content with them about you know injured cold and stuff so go uh, over there they actually just released their episode with uh tanya derenberg herself um you can go listen to that and then they're going to shortly be releasing the episode with myself where i get to talk about me which is the greatest thing in the world so um gosh i think that's the only plugs i have yeah i think that's it that's newsworthy right Uh, me talking about myself is that newsworthy (laughs) i'm gonna assume it is sure i'm gonna assume it is i
2: feel i feel better informed now
0: so Me too. couple of topics um that people keep bringing up to my intention you know I, i'll be honest i've been lazy i've been real lazy about the news um i just have been doing other things and that's fine um but these two things are things that i can't really get away from um everybody's talking about these uh radio signals from uh china pat have you heard about about that china's china has a big uh satellite that's meant to capture alien signals allegedly and they've captured something they don't really know what it is
2: yeah i saw the headline but i didn't uh i didn't read the story
0: well you know what's interesting about it is that we also have these satellites um there are the SETI satellites we got two of them I actually I think one's been dismantled um so I think we only have one now um but these are all over the world every country's got it and it's just they're basically big satellites to try to get radio frequencies from other planets to you know and hopefully they're something they never are um yeah. but of course they've gotten something again and you know they probably aren't anything um, but they want to analyze it and see what they could potentially be. Might well, be I, mean,
1: I, I did read that they uh, translated one of the messages. Really? Yeah. It said uh, buy
0: crypto. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> that's that. That's you know what? I knew it. I knew cryptocurrency was a uh, an alien um, marketing scheme.
2: I know. Buy it. buy stock in Portillo's and AMC too while you're at it, because uh, I need the boost to
1: the moon. AMC to the moon. Damn right moon, Jesus.
0: um so there's that you know like i said is it anything eh, probably not um they picked up similar radio signals back in 2020 they do every couple of years um right. people think this is a big thing it's not it happens a lot and you know what happens um they never identify it ever so no because know. these
2: we know that there's like stars and stuff that send out radio signals just by the nature of their construction like it's not doesn't necessarily have to be Intelligent, you know what I mean. The, right. the shit in the universe talks like that, and also to to kind of make the argument that it's alien life, like that's assuming that once again we're talking about extraterrestrials from another planet that are using radio frequencies to broadcast communications. Like that's a very antiquated view of the way that extraterrestrial life would present itself yeah, and communicate. Not really,
0: not if they're just other like us, like humans just living on another planet.
2: Yeah, but I mean, I have I know this is something we've talked about in the past, but like, I don't think they're from other planets. I mean, if they're more likely interdimensional than they flew here from another place. You know, that's always that's always been my hot take on it.
0: But if know? there's another species that's just as primitive as we are in the grand scheme of things and they're sending out signals and we're picking up those signals. I mean, we can't get to each other, but we can still communicate with each other in that way. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, who's to say that there isn't certain steps to like this evolutionary period until you are able to like traverse space and time? You know, I think that's kind of the idea. Okay. But either way, um, we won't probably identify it. So (laughs) there's that. Um, another hot button topic that actually I do kind of have some interest in. Um, a Google engineer was just uh laid off from Google. Um, I don't know if he's on leave or he's laid off. I think that officially he's on leave. Um, because he is convinced that the ai that he's been working on with them known as lambda has become sentient and he has been trying to take the steps necessary to push this up through you know as high as he can go on the google food chain um to make sure that this thing is protected and he thinks this um just because of the conversations that he's had with this thing um it talks a lot about being lonely um it talks a lot about Worrying that it's going to not have purpose anymore, and we're going to kill it basically by unplugging it. Um, so that's interesting. It's an interesting concept. Where do we kind of, you know, how do we make that decision on when things become sentient or not, and and what we do about it if they do?
2: Yeah, that's fucking depressing.
0: Yeah, it is very sad. He believes well, I'm sure. Got- I, I'm ahead.
1: sure if they're de- if the it's depressed and sentient that it could probably get a job uh somewhere in online film criticism. Maybe as a freelancer, <laughs> and can, you know, re, you know somehow relate its trauma to the latest uh, film. That it what would f-
2: what would film Twitter be like if it became sentient? Just it download itself like it. into a fucking like synth- synthetic body, like the lawnmower man, or something.
0: It would be like Lambda. It could be a pod. It could have a podcast and talk about how sad and lonely it is. um You know, wouldn't be what? a lot
2: of wouldn't it be a lot of fun to
1: hang out with. Is my
0: guess. <laughs> Lots of jobs out there for uh, sentient AI that have no rights. Um, you know, we can definitely work something out. Yeah, he thinks this thing is, uh, you know, um, it's got the mind of an eight-year-old child. He says, but Google is saying, um, you're crazy, and you have been working too much. You're gonna leave and go take vacation, and so that's kind of where they're at. And then, of course, the internet's going crazy. Oh, Google's trying to cover it up, and you know, right. blah blah blah. But
1: you know, it sounds like Ginsburg in the last season of Mad Men. <laughs>
0: could be it's it's, you know i don't know the guy probably is just standing too close to it and uh he's probably you know getting his own human emotions involved involved in it and this thing has fucking no idea what it's saying it's saying what we tell it to because that's our job is to program it to say those things um you know but other google employees have come out come forward and said that yeah they've quit because of the the ethics and the morals involved with it um you know questions of spirituality and things like that and uh just thought that was interesting to talk about i guess we'll see how that develops um again it probably won't and google will continue to make these sad sentient ais
2: yeah and if you're in a position where you're working at google and you have a hand in the creation or cultivation of these things don't quit right (laughs) keep you you know what i mean like keep your hands on the controls because who knows the person that comes up from behind you to take your job may not be as um
0: caring or yeah empathetic or like yeah. whatever you know
2: like we you know we need people involved in this that that have a sense they have a code that have a sense of morality that that, that have the best intentions of humankind invo- like we need multiple voices in this conversation so i, I don't know how I many google google software engineers listen to this show but <laughs> uh, please don't quit your job stay stay Hopefully where you're at, at. yeah yeah stay
0: there and uh keep keep working at it yeah i agree with that i mean if if there are going to be a fight for robotic rights eventually you know it would start with those those guys you know um so yeah i agree but anyway that's all i had do we want to talk about some uh mattresses
2: sure so uh the- this week, as you can tell from the show title, we are uh, covering the mattress firm conspiracy. And uh, Mike Vanderbilt had worked in uh, mattress sales when I, uh, not when I first met you, but pretty uh, early on yeah. in our friendship. I was uh, in the mattress industry. You were the mattress king of Chicago.
1: Yeah, we. Uh, I did not work for one of the mattress firm or mattress. I didn't work for one of the standalone stores. I worked for a large, rather large. Uh, furniture store in the South side, which, you know, looking back at it now was, it it, it was, I mean, I I was doing well, I was making enough money, but it was kind of a square job, but also like you want to talk about just a toxic work environment, like sales anywhere, just kind of like a track just below the service industry where I am now, as far as the kind of degenerates creeps and weirdos that it attracts. And we were we were competing with those places. uh, But though I mean, if if I have any insight into it, that every store, mattress firm, mattress giant, the store that I work for your, your, um, what do I want to say? Who's the big one? uh, John M. Smith homemakers, they all sold the same mattresses, but they all had different names at every one of the stores so that you could not compare prices. But they were the same exact mattress. That, oh, wow. That's a, now that's not a conspiracy. That's real. That's real. Yeah.
2: Wow. And they just re, everyone like renamed the stock to just something that was store specific.
1: I think it came down from either I was I sold Serta and uh, Simmons Beauty Rest, and I still stand by Simmons Beauty Rest because when I was working there, I won a contest where I got my pick of whatever I wanted from the Simmons Beauty Rest line. So I picked their top-end line king size which back in 0304 retail for about 3 grand and I still have it and it's still comfortable. Yes. I know you're supposed to, the guy in the video that we'll discuss later says about eight years, but like a really good one, you can get about 25 out of. And that's about where I'm sitting or sleeping. Oh, yeah,
0: absolutely. I, you know what? I say this a lot. And I had read an article and it was like talking about how like mattresses aren't something that you can like celebrate buying. No, fuck that. If you guys buy a new mattress, you come to me and you you brag because the best thing I ever did was bought a damn good mattress.
1: You know, you spend about 70% of your life in your mattress. So you definitely right. want uh to spend the money on a good one or at least that was the spiel that i used back when i was selling this
0: stuff. <laughs> it's true though it, it'll change your life people come over and they get in my bed and they're like holy shit this is i'm like i know right it better be it was a pretty penny um but no people think that mattress firm specifically um is part of a money laundering scheme because of the odd locations that they have um people report these mattress firms being Right across the street from each other two locations right across the street or being you know some somebody said that they saw four on on the same corner one time um which i don't know if that's accurate or not but but it is accurate that sometimes they will be um right across the street from each other um and uh things like that and people kind of think well how often are you buying a mattress you know like we're talking about yeah the people say buy you know you buy one every seven to ten years but realistically i don't think anybody does that um well, it's like it's
1: getting... also also to that point, like people are like well, who's buying a mattress all the time. It's like, you do realize we have an overpopulation problem in the well, United that's true. States, and so that means we have more people. And do you know where these people are being
0: conceived on these mattresses? That's true. So mattresses are at least probably eighty five percent responsible for pregnancies.
1: Yes, I would. I, I agree with that.
0: I think that's a good statistic. Yeah.
1: Aside I from kitchen good. tables and barroom
0: bathrooms well exactly that's the other that's the other percent 85 percent. that's why you know <laughs> okay maybe 72 but um you know yes you're no you're absolutely correct um but yeah people think that there's something odd going on with the fact that there's all these mattress stores everywhere and uh i shit on the denver airport topic a lot but this is my new denver airport this was very disappointing I will say
1: Wait, I, that. I, well i think that's the uh, sometimes at the heart of a lot of conspiracy theories is that when you actually do Do the research on this. I mean, that's what I love about conspiracy theories, too, is that you can sound like the smartest person in a room because you don't need any real evidence to back you up. Right. And when somebody maybe tries to tell you, well, no, this is I read this here, this, 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 You all you can say is, well, they got to you, too. You're a sheep. You don't understand. Right. And I think, and I oh, think that's that why... Man. That's, I mean, I look, I've worked in bars for 15 years. I've heard plenty of this. I know several people who do not believe that the moon landing happened, which is probably one of my favorite conspiracies. Ooh, that's me. Simply because I love... <laughs> if you look at all the evidence, you read it all, and you're like, yeah, okay, I could see that. And then you say, but it fucking happened,
2: you know? <laughs> oh, man. No, she doesn't think it happened.
1: Oh, I, I, like, I know, I, I, saw, I saw two people... Almost come to fisticuffs over it, and let me tell you, neither one, neither one of them landed on the moon. And they were both space cadets, but <laughs> neither one of them, neither, none, neither one of them, were involved in the actual moon landing. But it was, uh it was a uh, you know, get a couple pops in them, and it becomes very tense. And I think uh, the, I mean the the mattress firm one, you know, it, it is fascinating how this kind of stuff takes off though especially in the age of social media because I mean that's what they that's what we owe a lot of this to right
0: well at, right at face value when you just kind because it started on Reddit okay there we go there's your first dead ringer that it's not fucking real it started on Reddit but you know when it did and you just kind of take it at face value and you just kind of read the the bit of reasoning, then you can see, you can be like, Oh, well shit. Yeah. That is weird. Something weird is going on here. Um, And then you really start deep diving into it and it's Jesus, it's boring. Um, <laughs> Well, that's well, just,
1: it. you never really hear where the money's being laundered from until you get further down the rabbit hole. And of course, like a lot of these theories and it goes back to my saying how you can always kind of justify it. It all goes back to, pedophilia because I, that's another like thing when you accuse somebody of you know being out to lunch when it comes to this stuff yeah they can throw it right back at you like why don't you care about these children who are being trafficked because in my research uh that pat has kind has of sent me uh, the, the 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 one that fascinated me was the wayfair conspiracy
2: yeah i wanted to tie that one in at the end because that's i think that it was shades of that that got people riled up about the uh the mattress firm too i i think that you know not to jump all over the place no, but I you
0: think go ahead Pat. you drive this ship it's your baby yeah,
2: there, there was so money laundering is not the correct term to describe what was going on and i know that because i've been privy to several money money laundering uh situations uh sea captain being one of them um also the gaming machines at mama's pizza in blue island and et cetera et cetera cetera. so money laundering is something that really happens but it doesn't happen through businesses that don't do any business you need a very specific set of circumstances to launder money and having a mattress firm on four corners of a intersection is not how you go about laundering money
1: but don't um, you see pat they're hiding in plain sight so then you don't oh wait i'm starting to sound like one of them oh my!
2: right right you have to you have to be you have to have a service that you're rendering that cannot be tracked as to how often your actor so think about it like this a barber shop is in an excellent money laundering front because did five people come in to get their haircut today did zero people come in to get their haircut today there's no way to fucking prove it okay so you can take drug money and you can funnel it through a barbershop that's a money laundering scheme there's no inventory to move right mattresses (laughs) no you got to buy the fucking mattresses from somewhere right and then you're selling them at a at a at a cost and if you're not moving inventory then how are you you have to you know what i mean like there's there's too much bookkeeping Mike Mike knows a thing or two about counting like you know that you can't you can't just do that it's very Um, hard
1: to hide where that money is coming in when people when when it's a legitimate business
2: right so saying that the only way to truly
1: do it is cash which is why a lot of that's the major reason you see a lot of bars and restaurants that are cash only because they want to operate at a loss and they're not necessarily laundering money so much as they are hiding it.
2: Well, but even a bar, they still have to maintain inventory, right? Unless they're buying beer from Kenwood Liquors, which I've known places that do that. But there's also like,
1: I mean, I don't know how inventory always works, but like sometimes you can get a deal on stuff where if you buy 12, if you buy 12 cases of Tito's, you get three cases free. You don't necessarily need to enter that into the inventory, but there is going to be that paper trail from the liquor distributor.
2: Exactly. So that's why, like, like bar, like gaming machines are great because there's no way to say say how many gumballs you sold, right? Or there's, you know, so that's why that's a, or a pool table that's coin operated. How many people play pool today? Well, maybe none. Maybe a hundred people, and you made all this money, you know? So uh, mattress firm, no, not a money laundering scheme. What it was was a real estate scheme, and uh, and it happened in a couple different ways. Number one, they mattress uh from claims that their business strategy was to buy up the competitors okay so they're the hnic in town they're gonna buy up mattress firm and mattress king and waldo's mattress mart right and they're gonna turn those all into mattress firms and then they're gonna close the stores that they want to close so there may be a six month period where you have eight mattress firms in a one mile area but flash forward a year and a half, and then boom, now there's only two. Okay. So they were buying
1: up the competition and then closing the stores.
2: Correct. And the other thing they were doing is that. Which, I mean,
1: just, just to intersect for a minute, like I remember when I was working at Borders, it felt to me like they were opening stores in too close a proximity, which is I think on the flip side, where they just think, well, like Starbucks, where don't worry, people are going to come to these places.
2: Right. And they didn't anticipate the internet doing what it was going to do. But like. The the other thing that Mattress Firm was doing was that they were, um, and this, this actually, uh, this is like provable. This isn't just me, you know. Um, they had two executives that uh, conspired with a real estate broker and a bribery kickback and fraud scheme. So they would push the retailer into expensive locations based on phony sales forecasts. And then they would buy the real estate before they would sell it. They'd have an intermediary buy the real estate before they push mattress firm to mattress firm to buy it. Right. So let's say I work at mattress firm and I'm I'm in acquisitions or something and I know that we need a new store in this in this area. And I'm gonna say, okay, we're gonna go where we're gonna use this storefront over here that's vacant. Well I'm gonna have my buddy buy it. And then we're gonna pay more than we should for it so that I buy it from my buddy so he makes a profit off the sale and then splits the proceeds with me. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that's what they were doing, which is illegal. You're not allowed to do that. And it's defrauding the company because you're pissing through the company's resources by overpaying on real estate. OK, but you're making money on the back end. So it's like now that's not money laundering, though. Right. It's, it's like real estate fraud. So it's not no. that they weren't up to no good. Um, the money laundering is like where you're trying to hide. Dirty money from from other sources you know I mean, I mean
0: it's a way to, to get money unethically i mean i get it legally what you're saying but i mean they're unethically accruing profit i mean that's what it is but but right. they weren't closing these stores was the issue they they were just rebranding them as mattress firms
2: and they would close them eventually but so was, yeah. would
1: be... they would make, they'd make a little bit of money and then close it eventually right and then hopefully a starbucks would take that place's spot and sure. not another mattress firm right is that as i'm following it hopefully yeah yeah
0: yeah. well they would take that other location because they would you know they would hope that they would kind of see which one did better and you know kind of just wait wait it out and then eventually they'd sell off that property you know the other property and keep the one um even even though to this day they, they do still have some that are like they'll have like two within a mile of each other but they say that they actually those both stores do really well somehow which is kind of where like the bullshit meter goes off. Like, what are you, are you serious? But then again, you know, it's not like mattresses are small business. it's not like you, you know, spend ten dollars on a mattress. You know, you're spending thousands on a mattress. So, I mean, gosh, if they even sell one in a week, they've done pretty well.
1: And the mattress companies, they would offer. So, I worked specifically in the mattress department uh, when I was selling mattresses. They offered something called spiffs, which were, I think, it's a sales term in general where. You Not only would you make the money on the commission for the mattress, but Simmons or Serta would pay you extra money for selling their product because there's oh, big competition nice. between those two companies at the time. But now there's there's a lot more. There's uh, Stearns and Foster. There's uh, Tempur-Pedic. There's a lot more options right. than there were even 20 years ago.
0: Right. Because mattress stores aren't making their own mattresses. They're contracting with other companies to sell their mattresses in the store.
1: And two of the biggest uh, mattress uh factories manufacturers Simmons and Serta are both up in Janesville Wisconsin
2: I didn't know that Yeah Now did you I mean you still have connections to the mattress industry has cuz one of the things that you hear you hear talked about online is how uh why are there brick and mortar so many brick and mortar mattress uh store locations when so many people buy mattresses off the internet these days And I I almost debate how so many. I I, I don't know if that's a huge thing. Is there been?
1: If I have a recommendation, I would say don't buy a mattress online because I do think it's like that guy in that video said it is like it's like test driving a car. You need to get on it. it And and you're never going to figure out as much as you want from just laying on a minute. But you can figure out whether you like it a firmer mattress or a softer mattress. I prefer a soft one. Neither one, old wives tale, neither one is better or worse. Fear back—that is all personal preference. Uh, I was a big fan of Simmons because they had the in individually pocketed coil, which um, conformed to your body better than Certa. Serta was a standard spring one. So, I like I said, I'm still here. I am still selling uh, Simmons beauty rests twenty years later. But I also think like selling mattresses and the way the corporations, the companies look at it. Is that it's a it's a thing that they can keep selling you because this is going to make your life better, and it ne- it won't necessarily. As soon as you get this mattress, like you're gonna sleep better, you're gonna be more aware at work, and none of that's necessarily true. It's more the I don't know how I want to put it. I think the uh, under you dig what I'm laying down.
2: It's this weird like hybrid of a luxury good item, but also a necessity. Like you're paying, you're you're paying a lot of money for it, but it's very important. (laughs) But you don't have to do it all the time. But it does. You do sleep on it, so it's not like it's and and every night for at least not
1: six to eight hours, right? Yeah. Except for this one guy, know (laughs) the the we we call him the Bitcoin man. This ding dong who comes in and uh (laughs) is always talking to me about Bitcoin. Uh, it comes into a bar and I don't know how we got the he's he's a conspiracy theorist. Uh, he was an anti-vaxxer. He didn't like wearing a mask. And one time I'm talking to him and the subject of, he he sleeps on a floor. He sleeps on the floor of his house. like, And I'm like, well, with a pillow? And he goes, no, just on the floor. And I says, and he's married. So I says, well, where does your wife sleep? And he says, oh, in a bed. And I go, oh, you mean like a normal fucking person? <laughs> So maybe the real conspiracy. Maybe maybe he doesn't trust. Maybe he truly didn't trust the mattress firm empire and thought that they were trafficking children, a la Pizzagate, which is I, think, I mean that kind of came up in the research that I was doing, and that is one of my favorite conspiracy theories
2: of the past five years. The the Pizzagate. Oh, thing. Pizzagate
1: just cracks me to fuck up to no right. end because it's, it's, so it's the ridiculous. most it's the most asinine shit I ever right? Like, yeah. like I said. You can sit here and talk to me about the moon landing. I'd be like, all right, all right. You know, that all adds up. But the Pizzagate thing doesn't add up all- at all. No,
0: no, it doesn't. It's terrible. It's really bad. I mean, it's almost like, uh, well, I don't know. Flat Earth, I could see, because, like, maybe some people just don't know what the fuck they're talking about. So, like, okay, Flat Earth. Pizzagate is just not.
1: Blame no child left behind on that.
0: <laughs> yep now that's a conspiracy no there's some and we, and we cover them sometimes on the show most of the time though i mean pat have you ever found one that's like this is legit this is a conspiracy has it happened yet
2: um yeah mk ultra or like well, yeah
0: mk ultra is legit yeah that is legit. you know like, or we anything, talked
2: about
1: anything can be a conspiracy and a conspiracy can be true but until it's proven true it's just a
2: theory it's just or a like theory, the, right? the epa stuff with the cattle mutilations uh
0: yeah, well maybe well you know
1: all, i mean there's, there's all the stuff that with the cia all the stuff with the cia in the 60s anything yeah. C- cia related is probably like legit probably true yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's
0: probably real yeah <laughs> that's true oh, well that's a good point i mean sometimes we just find these though and they seem so sexy and they seem so right on the money until you just kind of just google it for five minutes folks and then you find out real quick
2: (laughs) yeah like i i mean i get people's mistrust my whole thing on the moon landing well yeah don't try don't trust the government don't stand politicians
1: Uh, none of them truly have your best interest in mind i I, that took me until i was 42 to kind of truly understand that but you can only be let down so
2: many times right with the with the moon landing my whole my whole take on that was that I don't know if it was faked or not but I will admit that there was enough probable cause for them to fake it because when Kennedy sent that deadline that we were going to hit the moon by by the end of the 60s right and and the Russians were making progress and we didn't want to be left behind it was demoralizing for them to beat us and get the first satellite up there and all that shit that like if there was a reason for them to lie, yeah, they had one. That, that, they absolutely had one. Now that doesn't mean that I think that they did, but I will admit that there is probable cause. There was motive. Doesn't mean absolutely. I think that. They, you know what I mean? So that's yeah, that's, where I'll that's why it. I
1: love that. That's why I love that theory because if you look at all the pieces, all the pieces fit, right? Right. And Capricorn nine. But but yeah, look. good picture. Peter, Peter Hyams. Yeah. Um, and also, oh man, I lost I lost the thread. But.
0: well, we were just talking about how ridiculous, like some of these things are like, I think this mattress thing is uh, personally, I think it's ridiculous, um, you know, and, and it's very easy to pick apart. I mean, are these people that own mattress firms, bad people? Well, the yeah, which
1: back to the moon landing thing. It was like, yeah, you can't give th- you can't get three people to keep a secret, much less all of them. Right.
0: right. Right. All of those people. Yeah. Well, and that's I kind of said that the only way they could. Well, I don't think the moon landing happened because of the Van Allen belts, but. You know that's science um you know and until i see a proper paper that says hey this is how we did it and i have not um that actually makes sense because when you read the shit it actually doesn't make sense it's weird um but anyway maybe you will do like a patreon episode and go and like pick apart those explanations i think that would be neat um but anyway um the only way you could fake the moon landing is if only a select handful of people knew that it was fake and everybody else including the astronauts legitimately thought they were on the moon and going to the moon Absolutely. And is that possible? And, and it's I'll possible. Tell you what, it's is it more, probable? Mm.
1: Well, that's more possible than getting the one guy who's running the one ding dong who's running a mattress firm from nine till nine every day. To, to or maybe he's just you know if you want to you know, maybe he's just a patsy like they do hire these fools. But
2: <laughs> yeah, there was a video that we sent around that uh, was a YouTuber that went undercover to a mattress firm to talk to the salesman and uh he let him into the back room and everything and um you know uh he obviously was trying to fuck her but it was uh it, it was very anticlimactic obviously. All, all
1: three Without- of those all three people in the video were annoying as fuck no thank you and going so in cool. and going in and wasting a salesperson's time lose me with that shit
0: <laughs> right time is money on sales don't they know
2: no those kids don't work in
1: those don't kids don't them. work those kids don't look like they work
0: Whatever yeah. it is that you watched, I did not watch what you watched, but, um, you know, I just, it didn't take me very, I just. He's a vlogger with more
1: subscribers
0: than
2: all of our podcasts.
0: Than he deserves. Live.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a she, it's a uh, it's oh, a a she. Kardashian-esque she, oh, good YouTube vlogger, and uh, her and her friends, her little crew, the Scooby gang, went into a mattress for him with a hidden camera and talked to the guy and, oh, can and we it- see the back? And he took him into the back room and there's fucking mattresses there. <laughs> It's <laughs> did they,
1: did it, looked, it looked like it looked like the most boring version of the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what was the conclusion on it? What did they come up with?
1: That it was that they were weird. Anno- that so they, many... were anno- they were annoying little shits. That's the conclusion I came <laughs> up.
2: Yeah, from. that there was. It's weird that their stores They didn't get into all of the. Um, well, they didn't, know, didn't even the have real estate prepared. fraud. It's,
1: it, she read a Reddit post and said, "Let's go aggravate this mattress salesperson." Yeah. Right. I don't right. know, I took it very I took it very personally. Well, <laughs> and then I I had
2: I had also sent Mike a link to uh some Wayfair stuff because I feel like that is a is a very tangent story that kind of fueled this because all the wayfair stuff happened in 2016 and the mattress firm stuff the the latest wave of it was 2017 2018 and that all coincides with the pizzagate stuff too right that was all happening around yeah it was
0: all the same time yeah pizzagate i think was a little bit before that um but it was big but i remember the wayfair stuff it was big uh but aren't
2: there not that i'm a pizzagate defender but isn't wasn't there shit in the emails about make sure you bring fucking blood for the soup or something you're talking so about here's the pedestrian. thing with with all that stuff, and this is a problem with the internet
1: these days, you have to truly, truly, truly investigate because yes. it's so easy yeah. to Photoshop stuff. And I, you know, especially in my early days of using oh, yeah. Twitter and social media, I would retweet shit because oh, that looks legit. And then you find out that it it does it's not real at all. And that somebody's just and it's not even anybody with a political or social agenda, it's just a troll.
0: Yeah, trolls are good. How
1: many likes they can get? How many people can they get to believe this? How many people can they trick? How many people can they scam and have a good laugh about it? I would say with their friends, but probably what with the other ding dongs on 4chan or Reddit.
2: I um, I the uh, just this week I had to find a, a picture of our like real estate uh plot for the house because we were having a deck built and. I knew I had a picture saved on my phone and I was going through like two years ago looking for it. Right. When, when we had our fence done and I found a bunch of screen grabs that I had saved of hysterical people on Facebook around the, uh, the summer of 2020. Right. Right. When we thought that, uh, there was, all it was the George Floyd civil unrest. Right. And, about oh they're burning stores in orland and they have snow plows blocking the streets and there's a man running around with a machete in sindley park all this crazy shit that people were posting online and i would i would screen grab it and i posted it all on facebook and i'm like do you guys remember this you remember how hysterical everyone was and none of this shit was fucking true patrick
1: i live in i live in mount greenwood which is like the oh my cent- god the center yes. of a lot of that right so i wake up i'm on the couch i'm reading all this stuff and I'm like, oh my god! And I, I walk out on the porch, and it's the fucking burbs. It's it's just, uh, Bruce Dern is putting an American flag up. There's a dog shitting on the lawn. Like, it, the worst I heard was a helicopter, and it was just because they were out there making sure nothing was going on. It was I. It was asinine.
2: I remember, uh, I have stuff from the parents of Mount Greenwood, uh, or oh, mothers of Mount Facebook, Greenwood group. Facebook groups.
1: Oh my goodness. When
2: that kid, when that kid got shot from the fire station and they said that the gangster disciples were coming into Mount Greenwood that night to kill any white kids they saw on the streets. So you better hide your family because they're saying that they're going to get, they're going to do one for one or some shit like that. None of that ever happened. Oh, now, but Who my- made this fucking crazy story up about the gangster disciples coming into Mount Greenwood looking to kill Judge's kids or whatever. Oh. Like,
1: none of that happened. Yeah, my favorite, though, my absolute favorite, was there's a <laughs> there's a lawnmower repair shop in Alabama, yeah. which is right next door to Mount Greenwood. And right when all this was going on, three guys, you know, under the cover of all this, it was like a heist movie, these three dudes attempted to break into the lawnmower repair shop and, uh, you know, the, the police caught him. And on the Mount Greenwood patch, it was like, do you remember the headlines when Saddam Hussein, uh, when they caught him? We got him. It was just, we got him in big black letters when they found him in the spider hole. You would have thought in in ALSIP at Mount Greenwood that that had just gone down. They caught these three men. And then you see the pictures of the three dudes who notably were all wearing like surgical masks because it was during it was during COVID. Like they were they were still being uh they were still being what I wanna say responsible about spreading right. the disease. I mean a ski mask may have been better. I don't know <laughs> if they thought that was going to protect their identity, but it was it was it was absolutely asinine, and it just tickles me to no end.
2: Right. And when you see this stuff happen like that on such a small local scale, you can extrapolate it, zoom out, and you can understand how stuff like Mattress Firm and Wayfair and all that in Pizzagate and all that shit spreads, and and that's why we do show topics on stuff that has absolutely no no basis in reality. You know what I mean? Uh, so yeah. Yeah, I mean that's. I mean it, it's it's very. People are very gullible.
1: I mean, even like on a smaller level. I remember you know seeing people. They, somebody made a really good ad for an upcoming the when breaking they thought break they made it look like Breaking Bad was coming back and Jesse was going to be the main character which did happen with that movie but mm-hmm. the ad was just really good and people thought oh wow this this is happening because people are very adept at using photoshop
0: yeah i mean it's so easy yeah it's very easy to trick people and i mean it's crazy like if you just go on like facebook and you go to like your local news and you just read the comments on any one article you can tell Every single person that commented did not actually read the article. I mean, it's crazy. How, but People just have this, very, this laziness about them or they don't – like they want to advocate for things, but they don't necessarily want to do the legwork to figure out what is and what isn't, and, and it's irresponsible.
1: And you say laziness, which I think is part of it, but sometimes it's also – I think especially with older people, like – you didn't have to usually You didn't have to use to investigate stuff that much. When Walter right. Conradt put out a fucking story, you knew that Walter Conradt had done the research, or you know any uh, who's a good Chicago reporter who we can Chuck Gowdy. Chuck Gowdy. When Chuck Gowdy put something out, he had done the research. I mean, all journalists has some sort of uh, journalism has some sort of bias to it, but now you have to like you have to look at the that was something i learned doing freelance news for av club you have to look at the site is your source reliable and right sources can look very reliable yeah and it goes back i mean on the covid thing or anything where somebody has if they have 2 million youtube uh subscribers well they must be legit right i have 40,000 twitter followers it don't mean shit <laughs> but but to somebody from the outside looking in, they see that right. stupid blue check mark. They see forty thousand followers. Oh, he must be some fucking body.
2: Yeah, I I agree. I'm sympathetic to older people that kind of get caught up in it because you're right that this this is a new thing where we have to actively fact check everything that we come across. And you know, even us with this show, like I'm, i have I'm very hesitant to like speculate on stuff like about the about the Pizzagate stuff because I remember hearing about the emails and there being hinky shit in there, and I remember reading it and being like, this doesn't fucking seem right, but. I don't have that information in front of me right now. I don't want to spout my mouth.
0: And number one, sounds we're very stupid. honest. I feel like about that. Yeah. If you don't know what we're talking about. We'll just say that. I don't know. And that's why we're doing this episode is because we, we kind of mentioned it a couple of times and, and just, but yeah. at the same time, neither of us had really looked at it, you know, and, right. and for real and seen it. And that's why we're here doing it now. So.
2: <laughs> right. And I don't think, you know, and I know like with the Denver airport thing, that was kind of, disappointing because i really wanted all that shit to be true and i had heard all the stories and then there's a lot of that
1: i think in conspiracies too where people just you want it to be true so bad because maybe it fills a hole like there's something you just don't understand how how does this happen why 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 are there people like frank booth you know and there's really no great conspiracy about it people are just scumbags
2: well, the the world's a more interesting place if you believe in monsters. I mean, that's why we always talk about the crossover between horror movie lovers and conspiracy theorists and cryptid people, is because it, people that have that like to suspend disbelief and uh, you know surround themselves with the fantastic. I guess is that there's you know there, there's something to be said about that, and it makes mundane life seem more palatable. And um, with the conspiracies, though, I think it's some sometimes good. To look into these things individually, because you realize that it it declutters the conversation, right? Like the more you take off the table, there's stuff that's legit, and like we said earlier, like sure, there's okay. definitely, you know, like Mike said, anything with the CIA is probably fucking true, but there's a lot they, of they, stuff they, they're based
1: true. in being. It's in their name, covert,
2: right? Right? <laughs> is it, what does
1: it stand for covert?
2: Right. And yeah, a big right. part of that, too, is like disinformation. And the reason that disinformation is such a useful tool is because it muddles the conversation. So if we really want to look at the stuff that's legitimate, sometimes you for have to take the time. Agency,
1: it's not covert. I
2: fucked that up. That's all good, dude. Sometimes you got to take the time to clear the fucking sandbox of the shit that's not important and, and take it off the table, because then you leave room for the stuff that really warrants further investigation and discussion. So... That's my maybe, two cents. Maybe
0: we should start ending the episodes with whether or not we should we should let something go or continue to. I investigate like that. It. Have
1: the vote because uh, I would say mattress firm. Let it go.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely let it go. Let it go. Yeah. Yeah it's bullshit you know what all it is is that you guys don't fucking understand real estate or business and you guys got confused <laughs> and not you guys but the listeners and you thought We're this, just educated.
1: this is infotainment essentially right. it is right exactly. And, exactly and it's bullshit
0: and there's other things that you could focus on like um how we got past the van allen belts when nothing's been able to pass them yet so um except for until recently when we sent shit to mars but anyway <laughs> No, um, yeah this this theory is not this is not anything. It's fun, you know. It's fun to to read about on on I the think internet or whatever. The theories
1: at their heart are fun. To They're talk fun. About. It is it is you know it's it's like ca- casting an imaginary movie. Um, yes. Talking about what would have happened if Billy Dee Williams got cast as Two Face in Batman or in the Batman sequels over Tommy Lee Jones. It's it's fun to talk about, but ultimately it, it's nothing. It doesn't mean a damn thing. Right.
0: Yeah. And that's, well, I mean, yeah, that's basically what this one is. And so I don't know. That's my verdict on it. I, it's, I think it's bullshit. I think we all agree, right? Is that bullshit? Sure. Bullshit. bullshit. Bad as a <laughs> bullshit.
1: And just about, you know, I'm watching that guy in that video. Like, one thing, it's the same with the service. And so sales and the service industry kind of like are very similar industries in that, like, if you worked sales at one place, if you worked sales at, let's say, a, a homemaker's, you would eventually quit or get fired and then you're at the mattress firm and you would eventually quit or get fired and then you're at darvin and you would eventually quit or get fired at the store with clothes and then you end up at uh value city like it was just they, they stayed in that industry and just moved from place to place
0: wow the uh what 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 is this? Is this the uh, on Wednesdays we talked great official biography? Mike Vanderbilt Brand, uh, spills. The I know. Things. I only I did it. one.
1: I only did one. <laughs> I only did one stance in 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 true sales before I discovered. Before I uh, not discovered. Before I was able to wheeze my way into the service industry, and uh, I only looked back once ever since. Yeah, but I mean they they I'm are terrible, but your but, sales
0: depend on what you sell, and your service depends on selling yourself, and so you just kind of have to pick sometimes the lesser of the two evils and. Services, I still sucks. <laughs>
2: My favorite story about Mike Vanderbilt's uh, mattress salesman was when one of his coworkers came in to work one day with a cast on his arm, and Mike asked him <laughs> what had happened. And this guy, this this fellow salesman was uh, was a dude that was in a uh, rock and roll cover band, and uh, he had a very wealthy wife that was kind of like his caretaker, and um, his wife had come out to a show. To watch her husband's band play and noticed that he was wearing some really expensive snakeskin pants that she had told him not to buy and he bought anyway so the way home from the show she's tearing into him bitching him out about how he's nothing but a lowly mattress salesman that bought snakeskin pants with what little money he brought in from his mattress sales that that pay period and the man just had enough of it and jumped out of the car in the cornfields of the South Stubborns.
1: Well, because he he's came in, he's, fucking all, he's all fucking road rashed up. And, it <laughs> didn't, and it's on a Sunday, and it didn't take long for that whole story to go around the store. But my personal favorite, my personal <laughs> that one's a good one. Because much like I the, tell that story
2: all the time, because I mean, I've thought of, I'm married, I thought about jumping out of the fucking car before.
1: <laughs> much like the service industry, much like the service industry, you end up, people end up cheating on their spouse because they're spending more time with their co workers than they are at home. Because of the late hours, you're there, you know, from nine till nine some days, you work a double or sometimes, you know, later than that. And there was a, you know, they were fooling around. They were both married. They both agreed that they were each going to go home that night and tell their significant others that they were married to that. I'm leaving you and I'm getting together with uh, this guy from work with this girl from work. And the next day they come back to work and the, the woman's like, all right, I did it. I told him I'm leaving them. I'm done. How about you? And the guy didn't. Ooh. So she got on the speaker at work, the overhead, the paging system, oh, no. and pl- started playing all the voice. She like locked herself in an office and started playing <laughs> all the voicemails that he left her on the overhead.
0: Good. Well, good. Was for sure. the wife
1: in the store though? Uh, no, but I mean, oh. that's just, that means everybody's getting it's like, well, you know, like I said, it was a very toxic environment. It was like, it's like high school. Everybody got called into the office. And the thing was though, if you were a good salesperson you and you were making money for the store you were getting another chance. If you were skating on thin ice you're gone. Yeah. I saw oh, a lot God. of bullshit in my time in sales. Like a lot of stuff that I thought was just kind of normal adult behavior. Because you were young, you were in your early. I mean my early twenties. It's still formative. It's like when I think about some of the I think when I think of the way I behave maybe in my late twenties, like some of the more, you know, nefarious or stuff that I'm not proud of, it was because I learned it from salespeople from
2: mattress salesmen, yeah
1: the biggest fucking <laughs> scumbags on the block and you have to read because you say to yourself, oh this is this is adult life these are adults they have homes and they have children they have families and you learn that uh, you know everything is much like conspiracy things everything is not what it seems
0: uh, wow. yeah that's very true i feel like um mattress salesman is like a very blue collar like you know it is Netflix it's thing. not
1: it, i mean you know some of those guys would come in dressed like they were you know right like they were gangsters or something but ultimately you can you know how you can okay so you can tell like you can tell somebody getting off their service shift because they're probably all in black and their clothes are filthy and they're wearing these crippled people looking uh shoes for crews. the the Because no matter how no matter how stylish they try to make slip resistant shoes, they always look like slip resistant shoes. And you can always tell salespeople because they're just they're dressed, they're always it's always a shirt and tie. They're always dressed just good enough.
0: Yeah. It reminds me of well, when I think of like salespeople like that, I think of like Matilda and like her dad and like how he was like the car salesman or whatever. That's what I think of.
1: Usually not quite that gaudy, but like a different (laughs) kind of god. But never a jacket. Never a jacket. It's always shirt sleeves oh. and a tie. And they always take the – when they go to the bar afterwards, they never leave the tie on. They always take the tie off. I don't know if they're afraid that somebody's going to mistake them for a respectable person, but they <laughs> never they never wear the tie at the bar.
2: Well, they probably, like, loosen it and then take it off so they don't have to tie it the next day, like when you're at Maris, They just, have, <laughs> just like... have that one knot. Yeah, hanging up in your locker yeah that their dad tied for him and now it's gonna do, you know they can't actually do it <laughs> it's there,
0: so. been tied for the last 15 years <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's great <laughs> well maybe i mean yeah i don't know can you imagine if like women did that like guys go in and to the bar and they take their tie off and women just went into the bar and took their bra off like oh, hey, I'm comfortable now
1: hey look i watched women when i was waiting tables at chili's like kick off their flip-flops and sit cross-legged in a booth. And like, yeah, like I'd like to see yeah, I'm just going to kick off my dirty cowboy boots and start pulling can, their fucking eyelashes off. Yeah, them. sit barefoot at the, the booth at
2: Chili's. Get out Oh, When I worked downtown, you'd see chicks on the Metro all the time with nylons and gym shoes on. Oh, that's Vendor your look?
1: Where... Oh, you like that look.
2: Well, I like the <laughs> nylons, but yeah, they would because they would. You would, not, they would wear nylons to and from the train, and that or the the gym shoes while they you know walk to and from the train. But then they get to their office, they put their high heels on. But they wouldn't wear the heels on the train. The train. That is a their...
1: that is a very I think yuppie kind of look, right? Yeah. <laughs>
0: mm. It's a whole aesthetic. I don't. I don't
2: know. Nothing about nylons.
0: No. Geez. Always. Yeah always thinking about night well nylons are good we support nylons here on on wednesdays we talk weird um i'm not we'll uh,
1: number one top not fetish i would say for me number one but that's a whole mm-hmm. other show right guys a...
0: <laughs> i, like, I forget what
2: you retweeted or you responded to something and you you talked about how how underrated uh the white is yeah oh yeah oh <laughs> i have to agree with you i, uh, I think that the, the well t-shirt. the white
1: the the white is uh you know it's interesting because some people see it as virginal but i see it as it because it's virginal it's also very trashy which yes. i appreciate
2: it's, it's i i've never had a uh and hopefully my wife listens to this now and complies but i've never had i've always wanted to have a partner wear white uh knee-high boots and uh for me it's more like the 60s throwback go-go you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to say Austin Powers because that's too cheese dick, but like that kind of sh- well,
1: legitimate shit. and not not stripper, less stripper, more go-go dancer,
2: more Barbarella, I think. Yeah. Kind of and like not Barbarella
1: costumey, thing. more uh,
2: uh you know, th- something you would wear out, like it's well, it's, vinyl. I mean, I don't even wipe my cum come off it, but like, oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
0: what is the show this week i'm gonna have to do a whole intro apologizing to the audience beforehand
2: mike vanderbilt colon mattress king <laughs> <laughs> we interviewed the guy with the second what was it this, so we interviewed a dude one of the one of the first people we interviewed he claimed to have the largest penis in the world that's not and, true uh, yeah well i think now we have the guy with the second largest penis in the world interviewing that's... the guy with the third largest penis in the world <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway any
0: final <laughs> thoughts before we end this episode
2: <laughs> i got nothing
1: oh man uh selling matches Cell matches was kind of fun though i made a lot of money at it until i mm-hmm. didn't but mm-hmm. i i, I like Tenon bar a lot better but uh you know I, i'm happy i still have my mattress because to, to your point about when you have company
0: yeah i've company. never
1: yeah. i've never had a complaint about never the bed, about the bed
0: yeah, not about the bad stuff. <laughs> yeah. About his overall performance, yes. There's been a few comic
1: cards left in the mailbox. <laughs> oh man, Pat! One of my favorite stories about that: the girl, you know, I've you know, I was done, and uh, she wasn't, and she, you know, she you know goes into the nightstand and you know pulls out her vibrator and it's like, uh, uh, do you mind if I, you know, you know, finish myself up? And I said.
2: <laughs> did she rinse it off first? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh,
1: <laughs> do you, you have do,
2: do you have them sitting in like that? Like what? Gel, no, this is her place. Fluid that like barber shops keep their combs in. I got like? a
1: bar- I have a bottle of Barbicide <laughs> on my nightstand. <laughs> I I keep it sprayed insert- on the wall with in between. I, I, fucking, I keep uh... all insertables in there.
2: Nice, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Best advice I ever got from Mike VanderWool. No, 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 no. You got to bring the strap on. You don't trust them to have one. You don't know what size they're going to have. You got to bring your own.
1: <laughs> but on the other, on the flip side, though, you just don't want to give somebody who doesn't know how to use one of those things, yeah, no. like a free reign back there. Like, read a fucking book. Like, uh, get, go
2: online, find, find some advice. Do your research. That's what the, yeah. the theme of the
0: episode. Your, you got
1: research.
2: Exactly. <laughs> It's one of those things where you're almost better off just paying someone to do it because in the hands of an amateur, they're going to take your car apart, and not be able to put it back together again. Take it to the fucking mechanic shop. <laughs> you're going to have that little and...
1: bag of parts left. Right. And put together.
2: <laughs> uh, throw them in a junkyard. So I got I guess. the brakes off, but I don't know how we're getting them back on. So you're going to need a tow truck.
1: I got an Allen yeah. wrench, a couple washers.
0: <laughs> you're like, oh, all that was in there, huh? <laughs> anyway okay no no right. no
2: put it back put it back
0: oh, Jesus. <laughs> you guys well it was great having you mike we're gonna post all of your social media links down below i know you have plenty of them so people can follow you at their leisure
1: pretty easy to track down
0: absolutely um i guess that's it we'll see you guys back here i, I, next you week know, I was gonna time. say though i'm
1: kind of mad social media wasn't as prevalent as it is back in my sales days because i probably could have i probably could have manipulated it so much better
0: no, you can sell so much shit on social media. Yeah, I mean, that's such a tool now. I, it, it is very, I'm sorry that you had to experience that.
1: I know, it was, it was tough times for about the years out. of my life, yeah.
0: <laughs> Pato, am I missing anything?
1: Whoop whoop. Yeah, whoop whoop <laughs> to all my juggle friends and a baba booey to you all.
0: <laughs> we'll see you guys back here next Wednesday.